live from the Coachella Valley. Time for another hour of the desert scene, art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater, big screen, little screen, and very little screen. This is the Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And good Friday afternoon to you, and welcome to the Culture Corner. It's a really pretty day, kind of windy out there. I'm here, Bonnie Gilgallen, here with Brian Mendoza. Uh, another edition of the Culture Corner. Um, so I think we wanted to dive in and talk about the Super Bowl. Oh, the Super Bowl. Everybody has opinions about that, but I love it. I, 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 have, I didn't see the Super Bowl when it was on. I did not. But it, it, I guess it's one of those things where I just forgot it was happening and i had heard that they actually had it going on and i thought oh well i guess i have to watch the performance now because i think that's the only reason people watch it yeah unless you care i mean i didn't care about either of the teams so unless it's unless it's green bay which is eric's favorite or uh, the washington redskins well now that's not the redskins anymore but um that's where i'm from if it's not those two teams i don't care so i didn't <laughs> care about the game but i watched the um national anthem and i watched the halftime show uh, the national anthem was interesting. Uh, it was that uh, country artist and then the other woman. I, I, do you have the names? I don't recall who the names, but it was kind of interesting the way they did it. Did, oh, you, see, did you get to see that afterwards? Wasn't it? Um, I was going to say Miley Cyrus. No, no, no it was Miley a country. Cyrus. It was a gentleman. It was country artist and then a woman with uh, African American woman with braids. I mean, they both had really good voices. They did it together. I can't remember either name right now <laughs> off the top of my head. Sorry. I think it was like I think. It was probably, I got the impression it was Eric Church. Yes, yes. And Jasmine Sullivan. That's it, yeah. yeah. I I thought they did a pretty decent job with it. It's It's interesting to do it as a duet, but, um, you know. You know, that's that's what I didn't notice is that it was a duet. Because usually people, they sing at once. And I think most people, it's kind of hard when it comes to that song to do it as well as Whitney Houston because Whitney Houston yeah. is the per- is the standard for that song right yeah, now so yeah. for me it's kind of like every time I listen to the national anthem well yeah. I think Whitney Houston you know what I mean and I I'm and I know there are a lot of people that agree with me I'm a little bit of a purist I don't like it when people take a lot of liberties with it you know you know oh, yes. sing the song the way I mean if you want to bend a note here or there that's fine but don't change it up you know most people want to hear the national anthem as the national anthem. So I'm impressed when someone sings it basically the way it was written with some power in their voice. That's what I want to hear. I think for me, the the standards would be that Lady Gaga did a lot of good things with it yeah. and extended a few notes. But, but she's that was basically kept it. And that was fine. What she did was fine. Yeah. And a long time ago, Fergie, there was this artist named Fergie who had done the national anthem in a way that it almost sounded like a sultry jazz song. And mm-hmm. I thought... Mm-hmm. Don't do it. No. Yeah, no, I, I think. But now, so let's talk about the halftime show because that it's brought up a lot of controversy. Uh, you know, I, you know, a little bit older than you. So the, oh, the weekend, I knew the name, but I didn't really know his <laughs> music that well. Um, it didn't really do it for me. I mean, yeah, he's got a little bit of charisma and, you know, has a decent voice. Couldn't understand a lot of the words, a lot of it. Couldn't understand what he was saying. There, Yeah, there were some production values, but again, I thought it was a little dark. I mean, I guess he was doing some message a little bit about the virus. And, and I get that. And the people with the masks, they look, they look like jock straps on their heads. I mean, that's what Eric said. He said, why do they have jock straps on their heads? I said, I don't know. Um, it just didn't do it for me. I, I think right now what we need in this country is happy, upbeat, happy, yay, yay, to get us out. And that was a little dark for me. I personally thought that the 
I, I, the whole thing didn't look rehearsed enough. I get that with social distancing and the virus that you can't meet up often enough to rehearse. Right, the and, way you would. No and one. the camera was really erratic to me. So I felt that, first of all, if you can't rehearse it often enough to put on a good show, maybe you should A, maybe reduce your ambition a little bit because you know what they say is that even with a small budget you can do great things yeah, with it yeah. so i i i can't even like use that as an excuse like well they had a big budget so they got to use it no they no, could have used save it for next year they could have saved yeah and yeah. also the fact that it just seemed really erratic at mm -hmm. times and i also mm -hmm. wasn't a big fan of the part where he grabbed the camera or the camera was really close to him yeah that part to me I wasn't sure about, and I know the song is called Can't Feel My Face When I'm With You. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the problem was with the singing, but there was something kind of off about how he sang. It was good. It sounded good, but I wasn't sure. Like I think we were talking during the, before going on that you didn't quite understand what he was saying. Yeah, I couldn't understand a lot of it. And, um, you know, it just... You know, I think back to, you know, Gloria Estefan, Madonna, Michael Jackson, even Jennifer Lopez last year and Shakira. I mean, yeah, it was a little bit over the top sexualized, but it was entertaining. It was entertaining. And this, I didn't think was that entertaining. It felt long. That's the thing. It did feel long. Yeah. It felt like a really long experience. And when it got to a point, I, look, I think The Weeknd is one of those people that his music is certainly been a lot better now than it was in the beginning in the beginning in the beginning i was like okay i'm not feeling it it's mm -hmm. it I'm not, I'm not interested and then now he started singing songs like the hills and blinding lights which is the last song he sang mm -hmm. that th by the way blinding lights that's when i think the show picked up now tell me since i couldn't understand half of the words what's the basic premise of that song blinding lights honestly like i, I it's one of those songs where i just kind of think What's he referring to with blinding lights? The blinding lights of I don't Hollywood, know. of the music business, of, you know, the, uh, you know. That's a good question. Finding God, or, I mean, I don't know. You know, the, that's a good question for me. I always thought of it, it was about a relationship. Okay. But I wasn't, but to be honest, like, his music is more of like the aesthetic music like you kind of mm -hmm. listen to it and you enjoy it for what it sounds like and what the words kind of the words and the music sound good together mm -hmm. and not so much like the meaning and i feel like that and when it comes to music i'm one of those people that i feel like that's just as great as songs with like super deep meanings yeah. because to me I've heard songs with great meanings that don't sound good at all. Right. So And th you know the Super Bowl halftime show I mean I think it's a very specific uh, feel and look that you want. I mean, there's some great performers out there who I don't think would be good doing a Super Bowl halftime show just because you gotta be you gotta be big and Michael Jackson and Madonna and that kind of stuff. Um, and some of it's gotta be upbeat. I mean, it's I don't think it's a time to have big serious messages that are a little dark. It's just not the time for that. I felt that the bandages. I got the idea about you know Hollywood looking a certain like Hollywood surgeries and all that mm -hmm. and I kind of thought well first of all who I almost want to tell the weekend who who's doing that like who is having the major surgeries because yeah. every other day it's coronavirus and when mm -hmm. I see bandages that doesn't sound th that doesn't speak to me that Oh, Hollywood is very aesthetic focused and it is true yes it is of course focus. of course it is anywhere it is but I felt that to me it felt more like oopsie daisy I used 
hospital like materials to me like i it, it felt you're wa- wasting wasting <laughs> that for halftime show that could go to something else yeah and i thought like i don't know for me like when i see i've had some friends say you know i just don't know if like using like disabled imagery really works anymore because the, the, like i've seen like artists that they don't i've seen a lot of artists in the past who would be in a wheelchair when they don't need to be and it's yeah. like what are you shocking are you yeah. what, what exactly are you saying yeah i i yeah i think and i think we have i mean people i know you for sometimes you hear people say well everything's politically correct now well you know what we've gotten to a point i think i like to think we've evolved this country country into a place where you know you need to be sensitive about other people and, and empathy. It's that's it's a big word, empathy. It's part of the reason we have Joe Biden in the White House, I think. But um, making fun of someone else for a disability or uh, you know an ethnic thing or a, it's not, it's just not appropriate any at all. And I don't think it ever was, but less so now than ever before. I uh, think. Also, the thing is, if your message was strong enough, it would survive any, you know. I guess political correction. Like if you had mm-hmm. a strong enough message and let's say I watched all in the family and someone mm-hmm. said to me, Oh, that show would be canceled today. I would disagree with that because that show actually had a point yeah. and it made a message. And so anytime they used any derogatory terms or they had Archie, the thing is Archie wasn't p- correct. Right. And, th- and he was, they knew that they, that, that they knew that going in when, you know, okay, here's some, somebody you don't want to emulate. Um, but no, I think Norman Lear, absolutely. It was, a me- I mean, he, he had messages with some humor in there that you don't, you know, this is not cool the way he is. And the thing with, and how it relates back to the weekend is the fact that his bandages didn't really speak to me with any real meaningful message. So for me, it's like not only is it looking like jock straps, mm-hmm. like you said, it also like, kind of does this thing where people use images, medical images, like disabled medicalist images for entertainment, for entertainment. Yeah. And it's kind of like, OK, it's getting old. Like, do we need another person with no like bandages on their face when they don't need them or yeah. someone in a wheelchair or somebody using crutches when they don't need to? Like, for me, it's kind of like those are not shock value. Yeah. Like it's not shocking anymore because I've seen it so often that it's like, well, what are you trying to say that someone else tried to say years ago? Right. Right. And, and also for me, like the only time the show picked up was blinding lights. And other than that, it's because I really like that song. I think it's a really good song. Mm-hmm. Other than that, the show itself just was an awkward experience. And I think all the jokes about his, like mugging for the camera were mm-hmm. rightfully du- were rightfully mm-hmm. <laughs> on point and mm-hmm. i would also say that i think the costuming was really off because like the red costume like to me it's like reminds me a lot of the villains from the movie us with lupita nyango mm-hmm. and i was like okay these people dance like the tethered because in that movie the tethered are like the opposite people mm-hmm. like they move weird they don't talk right it's mm-hmm. like they're they're like the opposite creatures that can't move correctly. And it mm-hmm. felt like these are the, are these the tethered people? Mm-hmm. And then the real dancers are underneath, yeah. like in the movie, yeah. like the, instead yeah. of it being the other way around. I just thought, geez, like what an, what a interest. I mean, I would say at least I guess like he took a risk, but I don't think it paid I off. I don't think it worked. Yeah. I th- and again, I think th- this in right now in this country, 
what we need most is hope, laughter, upbeat, happy, sun, light at the end of the tunnel, because we've been through some heavy stuff. We're not quite out of the heavy stuff. So I want to see, hey, fun, dancing, happy, smiley, you know? You know, it's funny you say that, because in the beginning, I thought that's how it was going to be, because I saw the set in the beginning, and I thought, yes, we do need something so bright and energetic. Mm-hmm. And his song, Blinding Light, could honestly be a fun song. But for some reason he chose to take it into this whole different direction and look maybe we'll be wrong in a couple like years where it's like oh okay maybe that was the right decision which I don't think it is like I think that when it comes to Super Bowl performances the ones that age well they tend to be good the first time and the, around. And really entertaining and big, you know. And they and, speak in the moment. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just don't think he quite did that. I mean, it's, you know, he's he has some talent, but I just don't think that show was the kind of Super Bowl show we needed now. And you know? I, I'm trying to, fig- trying to think to myself, like, what is an artist that I would have done instead? And honestly, I would say The Weeknd was probably the artist that I would have picked. But for some reason... He chose to be some not the weekend that we saw. I would have picked the week the weekend who did the song I Can't Feel My Face, where he had like this really fun Michael Jackson aesthetic, or even Bruno Mars. I think Bruno Mars would have been oh, a I good would have, choice. I love no. Bruno Mars. Now see he because he's fun and happy and upbeat. You know, that I would have loved to have seen Bruno Mars. Yeah. And that, yeah. definitely not like Billie Eilish because she's a little bit too she's depressed. A little, yeah, yeah. But no, we needed happy, happy, happy. We needed a Bruno Mars in yeah, this instance. Yes. Bruno, come back. <laughs> all right. We're going to come back with some more news. And a little bit later, we're going to talk to Chuck Yates and all kinds of great guests. We'll be back with more in just a bit on The Culture Corner. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Here are Bonnie and Brian. And we're back on The Culture Corner. I think now we're going to talk about uh, uh, Michelle Obama has a new show, a new cooking show. Is that, do you know when it debuts and what channel it's on and all that good stuff? Now, it's going to be on Netflix from my understanding. Okay. It's going to be on Netflix and it's called Waffles and Mochi and it's going to be Michelle Obama. Uh, interacting with a lot of like puppets to promote you know healthy cooking which she's always been yeah that was one of her things and it's coming out march 16th okay and so it's gonna have two puppets named waffles and mochi and michelle obama is going to be like a supermarket owner and it's going to chronicle their journey to try to become chefs according to cnn oh that's so cute i like that and here is the i think this is the official statement from netflix With the help of friendly new faces like the supermarket owner, Mrs. Obama, and a magical flying shopping cart as their guide, Waffles and Mochi blast off on global ingredient missions, traveling to kitchens, restaurants, farms, and homes all over the world, cooking up recipes with everyday ingredients alongside renowned 
uh, chefs, home cooks, kids, and celebrities. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. great. So it's, it combines a whole bunch of stuff. Healthy healthy food, good nutrition, cooking, Michelle Obama, kids, fun. Yeah, that's great. Culture, too. Like, yeah. you get to see different households. Yeah. I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they go and talk about soul food and they mm-hmm. talk about Mexican food and different, all different. Yeah, cultures, kinds of food. Yeah, that's great. I'm That's actually super. really happy about that, and yeah. to be honest, I might actually watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've always, I've always loved Michelle Obama. And I, you know, I had read her book Becoming a year or so ago, and I just, I just finished A Promised Land, uh, uh, Barack Obama's new book, which is great. But Michelle, I've always liked her. She's, I mean, she's got great charisma. Uh, she's an, an intelligent, educated person. Great charisma. Uh, kids seem to love her, and uh, I think it's great. You know, it's one of those things when it comes to like <clears throat> my bad first ladies. And a lot of politicians, when they get into, I noticed recently, they've been getting into like entertainment. Like Hillary Clinton is getting into television too with a documentary. And she's also been in, she has a podcast. Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. actually has a podcast mm-hmm. called Be- You and Me Both or something like that. And I think it's great that a lot of first ladies are starting to kind of realize that, hey, I don't have to just be a first lady in the traditional in the background, sense. Yeah. I could also be. On entertainment, and I think people would be interested to hearing what mm-hmm. Michelle Obama has to say about cooking. And I think that I I think because it's going to be herself that I think some people might say, "Well, what about can she act? Can she entertain?" And I think that she's very charismatic. And Absolutely. I think that a lot of the best children's shows tend to be with people who just simply play themselves, like Mister Rogers. Exactly. And I think that's basically. I mean, she might be the shop owner whatever but she's gonna basically be herself i don't think she's doing pulling on some big character you know and i think that it it, it's another it it shows that when it came to the project of um move on which is like let's get america moving let's exercise exercise, right it just kind of proves that she was authentic about it Mm -hmm. i know a lot of um first ladies you know they fall into the trap of they'll they'll do something really great with their cause but then afterwards it kind of doesn't seem like it's there it just fades away anymore. yeah yeah like hillary clinton i think her general cause was i healthcare, right and mm-hmm. in the white house so hers you know i'm not going to really hold her to that standard i mean she hel- i think she helped build the blocks pave the way towards that ultimately uh, Barack obama getting i mean she she championed that early on so i think her efforts helped along that road yeah know? and in the case of but in some cases like Laura Bush, like, and was Barbara re- reading, Bu- reading, yeah, yeah, and Barbara Bush, like, both of them were about reading, and mm-hmm. I would have been interested to see their efforts a little bit stronger afterwards. I'm curious to see. I'm not too. I'm not to get too much into it, but like, I wonder if Mel- Melania Trump will feel interested in, in talking more about um, the be best thing, but that's a whole different thing. Yeah, a whole different, yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad, not holding my breath. That's all I'll say. <laughs> but I'm glad that Michelle Obama is at least keeping to her word and Mm -hmm. showing that she actually cares about the issue because she could honestly just write a memoir and And she'll still do nothing yeah 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 and she and she's planted that garden on the white house lawn i mean she really walked the talk i mean she didn't just stand there and talk about it she really made some effort to change things and again if anyone's interested it's march 16th and it's going to be called Waffles and Mochi. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be excited about it. And maybe I'll even talk about it when it comes on. Because yeah, I would love to see. Uh, maybe I'm actually curious, though, about whether or not kids will be as interested in it as the adults are. Because mm-hmm. the adults are the ones who are certainly bigger fans of Michelle Obama. Where yeah. kids, you know, they kind of tend to. 
as as silly as it sounds, kids tend to like the people that are in the White House. I'm sure like there were kids out there that liked like Bush during his era or the Clinton era, mm-hmm. and because they're it's like there's always this mindset of when you go to school the president is the president and it doesn't matter what he does you still kids typically still like the president that mm-hmm. they're with like yeah. there's a group of kids that they're still weirded out that i actually met a kid that's like i never knew that barack obama was the first black president i thought any i thought people presidents were like you know that wow. they've always been black presidents because mm-hmm. like because in his mindset he grew up with a black president right so he, yeah whereas me and you it was it like was a, a big, big moment and that that reminds me also this show because Michelle Obama was the first African American first lady I think she's also still a role model for African American children especially little girls so they'll watch it be, for that reason as well which is great I think bla- I think if anything this will appeal to black families the mm-hmm. most especially mm-hmm. with fa- families with black girls mm-hmm. because I think that a lot of them still view Michelle Obama as like this icon yeah and, and now we've got Kamala Harris as VP, so I think it's just really great. I have a feeling the show's going to do really well. I, I yeah. agree. I hope it lasts more than one season. I noticed that sometimes Netflix, they drop a that children's drop. show after one season. I hope yeah. so. Well, all right. Coming up our next uh, segment, Chuck Yates talking about what's going on with Coyote Stageworks in just a moment. The curtain rises on local and regional arts and entertainment. From music to theater, films to fine art, it's The Culture Corner. Get connected. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And we're back, and I'm so excited to uh, have on the phone now my buddy Chuck Yates, who is a really multi-talented guy, actor, director, and artistic director and founder of Coyote Stageworks. Hey, Chuck, how are you doing? Bonnie, I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good, good. So how have you been handling this uh, crazy pandemic lockdown stuff we've been going through? <laughs> well, I guess it all depends on the day, but uh, you know, I'm 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 being really careful, and I'm, um, you know, I'm I'm here. It's been almost a year, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm hanging. Yeah, that it is. It's crazy. There. I mean, yeah, it was like March, so we're coming up on a year. I can't. You know, when this started, I don't think any of us thought it was going to be a year. I, I really don't. Be, I oh thought my god. Yeah. No. <laughs> So, yeah, no, actually, when we shut down um, on March 12th, when we shut down uh, Velocity of Autumn, which was the day before it was supposed to open, mm-hmm. we were in talks with the Cultural Center of just holding for like 30 days and reopening in April. Well, you know, that was on a Thursday, and by Sunday we realized that wasn't happening. So yeah. uh, here we sit, and the set still sits on the stage, and, and you know, we are all just on pause. So, so what uh, what are your plans? Are so are you looking towards the fall? Are you doing? I know some theater companies have kind of done a couple of the live stream things with short short plays. Do you have anything like that uh, in the works? Um, actually, no, we don't. And and here's the reason why. And it's a it's a personal 
preference thing. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I worked in television Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I made a lot of money in television and um, I left television and that's not what I want to do. That's not what we do. We do live theater. And so it's it's a personal thing. But uh, I am I have seen several things that other companies have done and, you know, trying to support people. Um, but that's not where we're spending our money right now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we are waiting, um, till it is, um, a good time to, uh, announce, uh, what's going to happen. And right now, uh, it doesn't, you know, with the news changing daily, there's no clear picture. So, uh, we have some things in the work works. As I said, we, we have the set of Velocity of Autumn still sitting on the stage at the Cultural Center. That will be our first production when we are able to go back inside of a theater. Okay. In the meantime, um, I have been working on some outdoor cabaret concerts at the Cultural Center. We were getting ready to announce those when they shut all the restaurants down again mm-hmm. um, a few months ago. And now those are opened back up and we're kind of waiting just to see because, you know, when you start announcing things, it starts costing money. So right. we're, we're kind of we're waiting to see how this uh, new opening does with the restaurants and what that does to the numbers and um, readdress that, you know, uh, when that uh, seems like it might be a good idea to do. But we want to do some outdoor cabaret concerts. Um, under the stars, and also uh, reboot our uh, Barbara Keller Playdate Reader Series mm. uh, outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had we've come up with some ways to do that uh, with some physical distancing and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it would be outside, so it'll be a lot of fun if it's safe to do. Now, would this and would it be uh, outside of the cultural center, like in the parking lot, or where would where physically would it be? Yes, in the parking lot. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Ha- so the go ahead. go ahead. How many how many people? Uh, I mean, do you are you foreseeing that you could seat or set up chairs? I don't know you'd be spaced out and all that stuff. Well, the parking lot's um, pretty large, mm-hmm. and we uh, we we think we can probably get. Uh, you know, again, safety is the key word. Right. So when I say this stuff, just know we are looking at doing things as safely as possible or not at all. Right. So safety is the key word. But we had kind of talked to um, the cultural center and mapped out in the parking lot how to space people and get probably about 50 or perhaps uh, more um, people in that parking lot. And of course they have refreshments there and all that kind of stuff. And that would be for the cabaret series. And then the reader series we do for free, which Mm -hmm. we always have. It's free for the community. And we would space that out in the same kind of way. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I say all this hesitantly because again, Safety is the key word. I'm not interested in going somewhere and and uh, putting myself at risk, nor am I interested in putting anyone else at risk. So right. we are just kind of 
try, you know, it's trying to keep your fingers on the pulse to see, you know, what we can do. And so that's why we haven't announced anything at this point. So what would be for you? What So they've just reopened outdoor dining and some places are now having live music outdoors, which I have mixed feelings about. Um, what would be sort of the decision, uh, the line that would make a decision for you as to, yes, let's go forward with the stuff outside? Um, the li- I guess the line is we're watching closely what's happening um, with the health department and mm-hmm. with the numbers. Yeah. And, you know, if, if by reopening a lot of the stuff, um, and, you know, I've got so many friends who own restaurants and I feel for them, Yeah. you know, but I'm watching all of this to see if any of this has any effect on, you know, uh, the rates of uh, cases right. and that sort of thing. And if we are able to keep um, the numbers down with these reopenings, then that would sway our decision-making process and make that a little bit easier. But we still have, regardless of what anybody in official capacity says, we still have a public perception and getting people to come is uh, a, an entirely different animal. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a few things that we are weighing at each step. And just because one thing happens doesn't mean that people are going to be ready to come, right. even sit outside. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part to know. And you can't blame anyone for, no. for feeling no. uh, nervous or shy about wanting to come and sit even if you're six feet apart or 10 feet apart or whatever, um, we just don't have that answer at this moment. Yeah. And I think, of course, I think the more and more people get vaccinated will help as well, even though that's not, you know, that's not an absolute guarantee. But I think people who've had both vaccinations, uh, I think, would feel a little more comfortable uh, coming out than than not. So I think yeah. that will help yeah. as well. Also, the governor's yeah. orders, and- too. That's true. Also, yeah. like the governor, like it doesn't matter how many people get vaccinated and how safe everyone is. If we can't open because right. of the governor, then that's also another factor. Yeah. Too. And that's been kind of exactly. fluid. Yeah. And, and, and like I said earlier, we, we put a few things in motion and we're getting ready to announce them when when the when certain um, things got pulled and we couldn't do them. And that's very frustrating. Sure. And you, you put a lot of work into, so I've got a, you know, a stack of ideas here just waiting for, and you know, if this happens, we can do this. If this happens, we can do that. And, but, but right now, um, nothing, I mean, you know, right now we're not acting on anything because, uh, you know, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, so bizarre so can you tell us a little bit about when once you get that green light or you decide we're going ahead w- tell us a little bit about the cabaret shows and how that work are you talking about one singer one piano player or, or how, what kind of groups exactly uh that would be the way we start will mm-hmm. be one singer one piano player um trying to keep that part of it um you know, safe as possible. And also with the reader series, it's trying to find plays. Small uh, cast. Uh, small cast yeah. that we can spread. Of course, everybody's reading, so there's no blocking or anything. Right. But, you know, small cast that we can spread out across uh, whatever stage we come up with. And, um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's 
exactly the plan. Uh, one one singer, one piano player. So, Chuck, what do you, in your mind, I mean, I think that people keep talking about the new normal. I mean, I don't think anything, we're never going to go back to exactly the way things were before, I think, which probably we shouldn't. But what do you see as, what is your uh, gut feeling or theory as to where theater, local theater is going to be uh, a year from now? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> well, I guess if I had that answer to mm. that. Well, what, I mean, nice what's your guess? If you had a crystal ball, what, what, do you, what is your gut feeling? What do you foresee probably just based on what's happened so far? Um, well, you know, a lot of it. De- well, OK, uh, let me see if I can answer this question. Okay. A lot of it depends on when and if we can get back into a theater. Because right. if, if that part of it doesn't happen, then obviously a lot of things are going to change drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it may be that we're not back inside of a theater for another year. Mm-hmm. But um, part of what we've sort of been talking about is, um, or at least getting, you know, feet wet and getting back into things is that maybe there's not a season. Maybe it is a piecemeal, um, you know, because I've got a stack of plays that we can produce. But maybe it's not announcing a full season and you announce we're going to do this play and see how it, it goes. goes. And yeah. then we will announce the next play. And that, you know, that kind of um, disrupts the the subscription series idea of theater. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, not knowing, you know, to announce to announce a full season and to um, put all that money into pre-planning and sets and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like I said, we've got one sitting on the stage for a year yeah. and that money is just tied up. Right. You know, we can't we can't make that money back until we open it and we can't you know, we can't do anything um, until we can open it. Yeah. So that's one idea we're looking at is sort of a patchwork, sort of, a you know, mm-hmm. a piecemeal kind of season. Yeah. And just, you know, and if you can do three or four plays that year, great. Great. If you yeah. can't. You, you're not out, you know, yeah. a huge budget. Yeah. So um, we're trying to be very, very um, careful, respectful and 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 protective of the money that is donated to us. Right. You know, we have to act responsibly. Right. So. Chuck, we're, we're running out of time, but I was wondering if you can give me kind of a short, a short answer, maybe three, three, three words. What has kept you sane personally over the last year? My dog. Okay. All right. <laughs> Seriously, my yeah. dog. I'm I'm in my one bedroom apartment with my dog for a year and if if it wasn't for her, I would be here by myself. So yeah. that's Yeah. And also, you know, um I got a lot of friends. We yeah. do a lot of uh, video chatting zooming and, and stuff. Kind of yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Well, and um Go ahead. Okay, I just want, we're running out of time. But Chuck, so great to talk to you. I got my fingers crossed that it's going to stay open and you guys can do some stuff even outside cabaret shows. I miss you, miss live theater. Um, thanks so much for being here and stay, keep staying sane and have fun with your dog. <laughs> I'm doing what I can do. I appreciate talking to you, though. Thank you. All right, Chuck. Thank you so much. Chuck Yates, Coyote Stage Works. Love him. All right, we'll be back with more on the Culture Corner in just a moment.
You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Live from the desert cities of Southern California, here's Brian and Bonnie. And we're back once again with The Culture Corner and back to some entertainment news. And this is why I'm so glad that, that Brian co-hosts with me because he's on like keeps his finger on the pulse of what's happening in TV and social media and that stuff. And so this, I didn't know that much about this story. Gina, is it Carano? Yeah, Gina Carano. Was fired from the Mand- Mandalorian due to controversial social media history. So tell us a little bit about what happened. So there's a TV show called The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. So if you haven't seen it, it is a big success and it got nominated for the Primetime Emmy for best drama so i gotta give you the context that it is a successful show and it's getting a lot of spinoffs it's one show that has several spinoffs and it's a star wars spinoff so it's a spinoff of star wars that has generated its own spinoffs yeah its own legacy and two seasons and if if anything if you don't haven't seen the show you've seen like the baby yoda stuff like that's the stuff yeah so gina uh, carano plays a a uh kind of a bounty hunter on the show so okay. it's about bounty hunters and so she is a much more complex character on the show and even though she's not a lead in the sense she has had a, a lot of episodes mm-hmm. and the funny thing is a lot of the people defending her now actually attacked her acting in the first season a lot of like interesting con- conservative yeah. media and a lot of like reactionary people that mm-hmm. defend her now Mm-hmm. that's just an irony that I'm going to yeah. point out but in terms of what she did to get fired so this isn't the first time that Gina Carano has put her foot in her mouth mm-hmm. so what the latest thing is that she basically compared being a Jewish person during the Holocaust and Nazi Germany to being a Republican, Republican now. nowadays which I would not have done that even. <laughs> no, no one with a brain you. would have done that. Yeah. No, that's not. That's even. Look, this is this is the thing. Freedom of speech is beautiful and important. But that doesn't mean that your boss isn't going to say, OK, I need you out of here. You know, exactly. They have a right to hire who they want. And they there can be morals clauses. If you behave in a way that the owner of the, the company that hired you doesn't like, they can fire you and that's just life and i want and i kind of want to make it clear to people and if you disagree feel free to call Mm because that's always a topic that i'm willing to to Mm -hmm. have a conversation about the thing is if you're a celebrity who's let's say you work for disney your hr department isn't disney's hr department it's the people that you are representing Mm -hmm. on screen which are the fans the fans are your hr department and if the hr department unanimously tells you look we don't we really don't like you mm-hmm. and this isn't the first time she has been very transphobic but and then she also has had uh, made jokes about wearing masks there's this photo of a man wearing multiple masks on his face mm-hmm. and you know it was overkill which but honestly i'd rather overkill but now masks. they're saying two is better so you know so you know even her comment has aged badly like mm-hmm. and she said in her comment meanwhile in california mm-hmm. and then disney had proposed and this is a rumor but it's actually but a lot of people close to disney have said that they were going to give her a spinoff mm-hmm. but because of her um and uh, her accusations of fraud during the election and you know she wasn't on she wasn't thinking of fraud because you know of actual fraud which is you know why are black she voters was believing the big lie yeah. the big lie yeah. and so she they basically retroactively took that away from her 
and they've been thinking, should we keep her around? And so they and finally then she fire did her. this thing. Yeah, yeah and this yeah. is the last straw. And you know what? It's one of those things where they have they have kept her around for so long because I think they were worried of the. And she was popular action. with the fans. Yeah, popular with the fans, yeah. and the character is well liked because when you watch the show. I didn't like her when season one happened because that's when she was starting to be bad. But when I was watching season two, I was like, okay, I'm just going to watch the show. I don't care if Gina Carano's in it. Because, you know, I watch Growing Pains and I don't like Kirk um, Cameron. Cameron, yeah, because so, he's a weirdo too. And I, it's hard for me to like separate Kirk me Cameron too. on Growing Pains. Like I watch it and I'm annoyed, right? I can't watch Tom Cruise <laughs> for that reason. Yeah. And yeah. so Gina Carano believe it or not her character was written well enough that i can separate this really humble character who cares about the lower people the the people who are disenfranchised mm -hmm. so like i kind of am like why can't she be more like her character like that's the thing that i think is so funny yeah. to me but i i think because disney had saw that fans can distance themselves but they kept her around but i think now they're like okay once you bring in the holocaust it's not See, fun I, anymore I, they're Joking about the Holocaust is not ever appropriate. It's no, just not. not. And to compare being a Republican, oh, we're so oppressed, our Republicans. No one is throwing Republicans onto trains and taking them to concentration camps and killing them. It's not happening. So I don't want to hear that. That's absurd. Really absurd. And it's an insult to anyone who is Jewish and has or had a relative. It's to all of us, but anyone who's Jewish or especially someone who had a relative who was in a concentration camp or was killed, for her to say that is just outrageous. And I think that Gina Carano needs to realize your actions have consequences. consequences. And what she said, I don't, she also, what I, I think she's also a coward, to be honest, because she, every time gets called out, she deletes the posts after she gets called out. And, and then I, that's it. And she doesn't say anything more about it. Yeah, just yeah. well, I'm take it off. She yeah. even deleted this post. And yeah. I thought, and I said to myself, you got fired from Disney. You're yeah. a coward because yeah. even after getting fired, you still chose to delete it. Mm. And I, and they call it dirty deleting on social media when mm -hmm. you post something and you delete it. Yeah. That is dirty, in my opinion, mm -hmm. when you post something controversial and then you delete it with no real sincerity. I think now the thing is, if you made a mistake. Own up to it. And yeah. Pedro Pascal, her coworker on um, The Mandalorian, who is the lead, he actually, a lot of people really love him. So the opposite is that his sister came out as a trans woman mm -hmm. and he's very supportive and loving. And he's always been very supportive of the trans community. And, you know, I like the fact that no one's dragged him for not saying anything against her. Into this whole thing. Because, yeah. you know what? I think for him to be supportive of his trans sister speaks to what he thinks about the situation. That's all he needs to do. Yeah. As opposed to like Gina Carano, who's made fun of pronouns because her thing was, you know, people put their pronouns on their Twitter bio. Mm -hmm. She posted something like boop, bop, bop mm -hmm. as sort of a joke. And then later on, she said, I, under I now understand what pronouns mean because Pedro Pascal said it because mm -hmm. apparently they talked about it. And I think that Pedro Pascal is doing a good job dissing himself from it, you mm -hmm. know, because sometimes when you're on a positive high train, you don't need to be in you the You don't mud. need to say anything. Just, yeah. Well, I just think it's important. We talked, you know, these days you have there are consequences for actions and for words. That, I mean, I think that's really important. A lot of people have found that out the hard way, is you can't just throw that stuff out and spew it out and expect nothing to happen. Well, I'm on a TV show, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. And also, we'll talk about a later uh, event with Joss Sweden. 
your events retroactively, your bad things come they, back to haunt they you. Come back to haunt oh, you yeah. because trust me, if Harvey Weinstein didn't get away <laughs> with it, you're certainly not. But you know what? I would say to you know, Gina Carano is now going on to the Daily Wire, and I have a feeling she's going to be a conservative pundit. And you know what? You know, you stick to that, you do that, but you know, leave ev- leave the Jews out of it. Exactly. You know, yeah, and no, no joke. That that's not funny. That's not the least bit funny. All right, we're going to be back with much more in the Culture Corner um, after a break. We'll see you in just a bit. <laughs> 